Kimura, cut the shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the hour where there's nothing left to prove. Experimental aggressors and a perfect world being heard. This is the maniacal hour. Pure 100% underground. Powered by the emotion of self-passion. This is how we get down. Yes, the rain all about to take control Extra, extra rain all about it And the coming to take control Lock and load, steal souls and watch it explode Dispatch the death squad and watch it go Serial killers, cadavers, murderous psychos As the hour goes, it takes the time Expires as we live dead, we finalize Surprised by the high with red still in our eyes The pleasure is all ours to give you the power This is the maniacal It is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. You are tuned into the Blow Off, powered by the Hami Media Group, presented by ChannelAttitude.com. And I am your host, Dr. Jargo, PhD. And I am joined alongside my tag team partner. He's the man from Down Under. He's the COVID kid. He's the GAG from the PWC. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my man, Jimmy T. <laughs> and Kamura. Welcome back to your show. <laughs> That's a good one, and and welcome to the debuting Kimura. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> She's got a lot of opinions today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she does, and I don't blame her, especially after that raucous roar, especially with Judgment Day, Jago. You, you know, I, we are going to talk about Edge. We're going to talk about whatever's going on with Finn Balor and the, the creative clusterfuck that is the WWE. But of course, Jimmy, we got to start with CM Punk. We got to start with Cody Rhodes, the two respectful number one baby faces <laughs> on their roster and where in the hell these rosters are going to go. The difference of how these things are being handled. Punk, of course, you know, stubs his toe and goes away, as Big <laughs> Ray Hernandez like to point out. And in the meantime, we have Cody Rhodes being an absolute freaking moron uh i want to start with cody jimmy t what is kind of your take on this cody Rhodes situation because obviously i don't watch wwe anymore but i I do see pictures i do get updates i do kind of keep along via podcast and whatnot i saw that picture of cody Rhodes when he took off his ring jacket with that torn pectoral muscle and i just thought oh my god cody what in the hell are you doing well, first of all, let me just say I'm surprised WWE actually allowed him to go out and wrestle like that. That's one thing. I mean, because it's a bit of a contradiction with what they say about their policies and whatnot, right? Absolutely. And, and second of all, yeah, Cody is a moron, but he's a tough moron. I'll give him that, right? He, it's all well, about him, Jago. He's did done anybody his- question that, though? Like, I, everybody's like, wow, I got mad respect for Cody Rhodes now. And it's like, really? You Actually, got mad respect for him now? Like, you didn't, like, you know, three, four, five years ago? As a matter of fact, Jago, there was a lot of people in the IWC that thought this was all bullshit, and that was makeup, which is crazy because it wasn't makeup. Everything is not a work, ladies and gentlemen. I know. Right. Absolutely. Can you believe that shit? People actually thought, heck... Even when me and uh, Dr. Jeff Lippman were doing the Hell in a Cell review show, there was a comment that came up during our live feed that he was even saying it's all bullshit and it was makeup. And I'm like, I can't believe there's people that think that. It's not, folks. It's Jesus not. Christ. There, it, there, it's there's not a, a work. 
a lot of people that I'm upset with as far as the Cody Rhodes thing goes, not only Cody Rhodes, mostly because he owes me money, but also <laughs> yeah. the WWE backstage producers who allowed him to go out there and perform, which, like you said, completely contradicts everything that they have been saying for years now. But I'm also upset with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins knows better, too, to go out there and put yourself in, you know, you're putting the, your life in somebody else's hands in Cody's case, you were putting it in one hand. There's no way if I'm Seth Rollins, I'm agreeing to go out there and get in a ring with somebody with a torn pectoral muscle. It's a danger to my health, let alone that I got to go out there and work three times as hard, creating as much movement as I possibly can, simply because Cody can't. And then Seth loses the match on top of it. Seth's the one that actually has to come to work on Monday. Seth's the guy that's going to be carrying the company from now until the Royal Rumble, because I don't think we're going to get Cody back until the Rumble. Well, yeah, that's and that's what's the latest lately is apparently he won't be coming back to the Rumble, which I think would suit Cody only because apparently he was going to win Money in the Bank, but this way he can win the Rumble, win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, and we can all go, yay, Cody, basically. And as far as Seth Rollins goes, I'm shocked, dude. The fact that he would take another L, especially with a extremely injured Cody Rhodes. Seth just can't beat one-armed Cody. Cannot beat a one-armed Cody, man. It's sad. I don't understand where they're going with him. I mean, they want to put him, they want to make him look strong, yet they've made him look piss weak, bro. Yes, so, absolutely they have. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make any kind of logical sense. Cody, a big loss to the WWE, but more importantly, I feel like WrestleMania is kind of ruined for me already, <clears throat> right? Because wow. we, we know Cody's coming back at the Rumble. We know Cody's going to win the Rumble. We know Cody's going to go on to WrestleMania to face Roman Reigns, more than likely, assuming right. that Roman doesn't get hurt between now and then. And we know that Cody's going to win the championship at WrestleMania. So it's like somebody just walked up to my WrestleMania balloon and went... <laughs> Literally, like, pop. Yeah. I know, you know, you're right. It's true, man. I mean, it's the obvious thing. I mean, if they don't go that way, I mean, look, things can change, but it doesn't seem like it is going to change. And... Cody knows how to get himself over, dude. I could just only picture. If they were telling him, do not go out there, don't worry, we'll change it up. He'd be like, nah, 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 nah. I'm Cody. I've got to do this, blah, 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 and just prove to everybody why I am the best wrestler in the world. Like he proclaims he is. He truly thinks he's the best wrestler in the world. And I'm telling you, make no mistake about it, Jugger. This was all for Cody. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything Cody does is for Cody. I mean, I don't feel like there's any question about that. Shout out to Chris Ams over in the chat room. You can join us on Facebook or, or YouTube if you like. Absolutely. When, we, when the show goes live, make sure you hit the little dinger button thing so you know when we go live because it's kind of a crapshoot when that's going to happen. Uh, kind of yeah. like CM Punk's return. CM Punk's return seems like that's going to be a crapshoot. It could be anywhere between two months, three months, four months. It sounds to me like he's got a broken ankle. Um, and, and that's what I first called an ankle injury. Yeah. So now I feel bad for kind of burying CM Punk for screwing up that springboard. Cause I'm not exactly <laughs> sure when exactly that injury took place. Um, CM Punk doesn't seem like quite as big of a loss to AEW as Cody does to WWE, mostly because AEW has a much deeper roster, right? Like they've got people they can elevate to that point when it comes yep. to WWE. I, we're going to talk about edge here in a little bit. And, and it seems like they're going to try to make edge the number one baby face on Monday night raw. 
they just don't have the roster for this. Who do you elevate on side of that Monday Night Raw roster? Because it seemed like Bobby Lashley was going to take that number one babyface spot from, from him making the belt motion and, and hanging out with the Mark fan with the Mark belt. You know, as I got a brand new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship sitting over there. But yeah, that's, I, that's beside the point. I would never take it with me to a wrestling show unless I'm getting it signed. Thank uh, you, Mark. Yeah, right? What? Well, what who do you think is the bigger loss here is it cm punk or is it cody rhodes it's definitely cody rhodes and i'll tell you why before cody made the jump back to wwe i could not bear myself to watch raw week in week out jago straight up and him just being on raw now week in week out has automatically made the show a more must see compared to what it was without cody interesting interesting what did they do on monday night raw other than the edge balor thing because i i didn't hear anything Nothing else that really. happened on that three hour show just look it was a it was a fun show compared to the previous weeks put it that way it was a much better show but there was still no real substance i'm just left confused <laughs> by the end Chris, of that show i'm just like what the fuck's going on chris says in the chat rooms are we absolutely positive that crap on cody's chest wasn't just another bad tattoo no no chris we are not we are not i mean it did kind of blend into the neck tattoo like he didn't even notice where one stopped and one began (laughs) absolutely it's true i mean it did blend in it did blend in so on the other side we have cm punk cm punk He's going to remain AEW champion. We're going to bring in an interim title, which I absolutely hate. Like, just just relinquish the title and then challenge <laughs> for it when you come back, right? Like, it just it doesn't seem that hard well, for me. I, I hate I, the interim title thing. And I agree with you 100%. And I'm sure he did try to relinquish it. I bet you any money he probably did. But, you know, TK, the fucking mark that he is, he'd be like, no, 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 feel. Hold on to the bell. You're still the champion. You know what I mean? 100%, bro. I, I, you're probably right. You're probably I'm telling right. you I'm right. 100%. So we're, we got to move somebody else into that spot. We're doing this whole title eliminator tournament. Kimura's very unhappy about it, as, <laughs> as you can tell. I'm sure you guys can hear her. Uh, so we're. this is the way we're going to do it. All right. So we, we could have just put somebody in CM Punk's spot and had him wrestle Hiroshi Tanahashi because that was right. the advertised match for Forbidden Door. Um, but that's not what we're going to do. We're going to make it a complete clusterfuck in true AEW fashion. So we're going to have the number one contender, who is now John Moxley, even though last week I'm pretty sure it was Wardlow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but but he beat up on Daniel Garcia, so clearly John Moxley, the number one contender. Like he's had three singles matches in three months. <laughs> it's fucking stupid, dude. I, it makes absolutely no logical sense to me. So we're gonna have a battle royal tonight on Dynamite. The winner of the battle royal is then gonna get his ass beat by John Moxley, and John yeah. Moxley is gonna go on to Forbidden Door. Do you see this going any other way? Is there any chance somebody like an MJF wins this world title eliminator battle royal and then beats John Moxley? Uh, maybe a Wardlow, maybe a Brian Danielson. Like you could go on down the line, or is it just gonna be? some poor schmuck wins this battle royal and then moxley beats his ass because that's what i'm expecting is going to happen i'm praying you're wrong i'm hoping it's that's not the case because the only logical thing to do right now even though it, it makes moxley look bad but surely you get an mjf or wallow winning this thing and then they just run absolute like a train wreck all over moxley and then for one of them two guys to become the number one contender and 
possibly win the championship. I wouldn't even put Wardlow in the match. Um, really? Well, because I would not have Wardlow win it. Because I am of the opinion John Moxley is going to destroy whoever wins this match, and I and I wouldn't put Wardlow in that spot. Uh, I, I want to see Wardlow take on Scorpio Sky win the Peanut Butter Jelly Championship. <laughs> like that's that to me is Wardlow's role right now. Um, I, I feel like regardless, because we're going to talk about fucking Goto here in a second too. Um, Tanahashi's going to beat fucking Goto. Moxley's going to beat whoever the jabron is on the other side of the ring. And then we're finally going to get this match, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, which they've been building to for like three years at this point. Like Moxley's been cutting promos. Tanahashi, you're ducking me. Except it was all over the IWGP United States Championship. That's that's right. what the original feud started over. This just seems like a really long, weird, convoluted way to get to a match that they've been advertising for three years. I agree with you 100%. And that's what we're going to get. I mean, that's what we're going to get. The reality is it's going to be Tanahashi versus John Moxley because they've been playing this shit up for way too long. And like you said, this is a weird way to finally come to the blow-off between these two. I mean, they didn't have to make it so complicated, right? No. No. All you had to do was announce, okay, CM Punk is out. Tanahashi, you've been ducking John Moxley for three years, and now Moxley is going to beat your ass for the interim AEW World Heavyweight Championship. That's all they had to do. We didn't right. need to have a black battle royal. We didn't need to have somebody get buried by John Moxley. We don't need Moxley. You know, oh, now I can move on to the main event and get, win this bullshit championship that doesn't really count. Um, and we didn't have to involve fucking Goto. Especially Goto. Like, why? So, for those who don't know what we're talking about, on the New Japan side of things, uh, they are now going to make Hiroshi Tanahashi qualify for this match, even though he was just going to take on CM Punk for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Like, that was established. We knew that Tanahashi had answered the call. But now, all of a sudden, Tanahashi has to qualify for it by beating a tag team wrestler in Hiroki Goto. Hiroki Goto has been tamming tagging with Yoshi Bon Jovi, I mean Yoshihashi, for the better part of a year. They they won the six-man titles. They challenged for the IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team Championships and lost because it's Yoshi Bon Jovi. And it's Hiroki Goto. Hiroki Goto, for anybody who doesn't know, is the Roman Reigns of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They push him as, as hard as they possibly can. They tease that they're going to put the world title on him. And then people like me come on shows like this and we start calling him fucking Goto. <laughs> Right. Because the thing Goto should be a world champion. Everything about Hiroki Goto says this guy should be the dude. He's got a great body. He's got a great look. He's got that old school samurai kind of presentation. The music is badass. The the GTR is a badass move. He just has zero personality and does not connect with fans on any level everybody just hates fucking goto even though they push him like he's a main event baby face oh wait that sounds like um robin reigns <laughs> and, they, and they just shove goto down your throat now goto is gonna take on hiroshi tanahashi to see who's gonna face john moxley presumably at the united center at forbidden door what the hell did goto do to get into this match other than be hiroki goto you tell me what did he do i mean why are they even bothering with Goto? I don't even fucking know. Doesn't make sense to me. And like you said, they've been pushing this guy forever. He reminds me a lot of 
Sonata and the way they've tried to push Sonata. But you could say, the difference is Sonata's personality is Sonata doesn't have a personality. Like he yeah. is the cold skull. That yeah, okay. is literally right. his gimmick. He has no personality. That is the gimmick. That's not Goto's gimmick. So what's what's Goto supposed to be then, really? He, he is basically like ancient Bushido samurai, right? Like okay, the, right. that to me is, is Goto's gimmick. He is the ancient Japanese warrior, right? Like that's the way that he has presented the honor and the, the, the whole Bushido code. And people are just like, yeah, that was like, you know, 400 years ago. We don't okay, care anymore, yeah. Goto. Well, maybe that's my point. Maybe he, what, what sort of personality do these Bushido guys even have back then? Other than I'm going to cut your fucking head off. I mean, pure 100% badass. And unfortunately, <laughs> Goto is just not that. Like, Goto's good. He's good. Yeah, he's all right. I mean, I'm just meh when I see him. Right. He's like, never found whatever that connection is right. to the audience. I, I don't mind his theme. He's got a badass theme. And like you said, he's he's badass. He looks badass. But it, he's just not connecting with the fan base for whatever reason. And it's not just with the Japanese fan base. It's all of the fan base, including us. Yeah, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. I, I don't quite understand what they're doing with Hiroki Goto. But. So, Tanahashi versus Moxley, are we in agreement that that will be the main event for Forbidden Door? 100%. It's a good thing that they already had that show sold out because I don't think uh-huh. Moxley versus Tanahashi sells out the United Center. And it's a shame too, man, because I was kind of looking forward to the, to the Punk-Tanahashi matchup, even though I would have preferred Kenta versus Punk. But I guess Absolutely. we won't see that till down the line. And actually, speaking of Tanahashi and Punk, didn't Tana also say he wants to wrestle Punk now at Wrestle Kingdom? Which, I mean, I'm down for that. But is there is there even a 1% chance Hiroshi Tanahashi wins this championship matchup? No. Like, Moxley is going to be the interim AEW World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion. Yeah, no, there's no chance Tanahashi wins. Even though I'd love for him to win it, man. I would. I really would. But they just won't pull the trigger on it. There's no way. I just don't see it. Well, and it's weird because Tanahashi hasn't been presented like, well, Tanahashi for quite a while. I mean, they, they don't protect time. Tanahashi the way that they used to. Really, that, that G1 win that he had two, three years ago, right. that was like the last great run of Hiroshi Tanahashi. And even before that, they weren't treating him that great either. No. No. So you're right. That was the last great Tanahashi run. And what was it for? So he becomes IWGP world champion and gets the belt off Kenny. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then drops like, it in a month to switch play right. Jay White so that we could get to Okada versus White, uh, which we're also going to talk about here shortly, uh, inside of Madison Square Garden. And did you know Jay White <laughs> sold out Madison Square Garden all by himself, Jimmy? I did know. No help. They just put Jay White on the poster and boof, the place sold out. No, no help at all. All you had to put down on the fucking poster is sheep fucker is going to be here. And, and he was, (laughs) shout out to all my sheep fuckers out there. Don't worry. It's not derogatory. They love it. They'll laugh, man. To be clear, (laughs) we're talking about the sheep fuckers from New Zealand, not the sheep fuckers from Afghanistan. (laughs) Two different (laughs) kinds of sheep fuckers. Oh, wow. You can also say camel fuckers, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're talking about the cheap fuckers of New Zealand. Al-Qaeda's coming after us people. now, aren't they? <laughs> that's all right. We've got Bin on our side. That's all right. You're, you're closer. <laughs> They'll come for you first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No no, no doubt about it. Anyway, <laughs> that was a good one, though, Jaga. I like it. <laughs> sheep fuckers. 
Good God. Good God. Watch out for them sheep fuckers. Good hey, man. Lord. Trust me. They laugh, man. It's the thing between us and New Zealanders, don't they? they get it, man. My best yeah. friend's from New Zealand anyway, so. Yeah, he's a terrible he, he, person. He would laugh at that, no doubt about it. Terrible, terrible people. Uh, <laughs> anything else going on inside of the world of AEW that you want to talk about? We still got some WWE stuff to talk about. We got some New Japan stuff to talk about. Is there anything else going on inside of AEW that we need to address at this point? Because I, we just came off of the pay-per-view. There should be all kinds of cool shit to talk about right now. Like nothing, absolutely nothing. Well, first of all, what's going on with Brian Danielson? Where's Hangman Page? Are they going to be in this matchup tomorrow night on Dynamite? That's what I want to know. Second of all, what's... I mean, there's a lot of questions still to ask. I mean, what's happening with MJF? Is he going to be off television now for the next, I don't know, six months, say? Or do we just have him back tonight and possibly get the win in the Battle Royal, which I doubt that won't happen. But... Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Okay, well, 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 let's kind of break them down. As far as the MJF thing goes, if I was Tony Khan, there's no way I would put MJF on TV tonight. Let people kind of wonder, like, oh, shit. Like, is, Likewise. is this real? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Did you see they removed him from the roster page? Yeah, I did. Which I thought was just absolutely genius. Now, do you still oh. think it's a work? Yes. Yes, I do. I mean, it's definitely a work, man. I yeah, can't believe there's people that think it's not, but it definitely is a work. But yeah, so I, I would keep him off TV. I mean, plus then you don't have to put him in the battle royal, and people don't ask why MJF didn't win the battle royal because Moxley's going over, right? See, right, and that's no doubt about it. But I want him to come in and absolutely fuck the battle royal up, possibly. I, I kind of I mean? want MJF to be the guy that eliminates Wardlow. Uh, if good. if Wardlow is in this thing, like maybe you know Wardlow thinks he's won, MJF sneaks up on him and takes him out, and then maybe Danhausen sneaks up behind MJF and MJF oh, MJF, man. like it, but <laughs> somebody MJFing MJF. No, no that man. that I think I could get down with somebody tossing MJF. What would MJF thinks that he already pulled oh. one over on everybody, and now he's the winner, and then somebody tosses him like that. I kind of like the idea. Of. Okay. Say Sean Spears. I mean, that's the only one that would make the most sense, right? And it'd be a bit of a shock. It would. That would definitely be a shock. There is that. You know what I mean? I mean, you can't go with Wardlow. Say really. Well, and then Moxley just destroys Sean Spears in the main event of Dynamite. <laughs> like, that makes sense, hey? Right well, there. Well, yeah, there I you mean go. that part does make sense. That makes sense, dude. There you go. There's your squash because Spears gets squashed to anyone that's meaningful on the AEW roster, right? He turns or, on MJF. Or do they try to make somebody else into a star by having John Moxley beat the shit out of them? Like, they did that with Wheeler Yuta. They did that with Daniel Garcia. Is there is there some, maybe Dante Martin wins the, uh, you know? And, and then, no, no, no. What Please, show was no. I on? I was talking to somebody. Like, did, do we just need John Moxley to beat the shit out of Dante <laughs> Martin and make him into a star? And, and oh, I mean, please. maybe this is the opportunity. I don't want to see that. And you know what that means, right? It means he's going to pretty much get into the, the what was it, the Blackpool Combat Club? I mean, seriously. Come <laughs> on, man. Nah. So, nah, so if, that. if you remove MJF from the equation, right. if you Which remove the likely situation, if you remove Wardlow from the situation, who do you think wins this battle royal and then gets destroyed by Moxley? <laughs> 
Oh, man. You can't have Adam Cole, obviously, then win this. Um, I guess Darby Allen's your best candidate then. Ooh, that's a good one. Do you know what I mean? Only because he can get beat up by Moxley, but it still doesn't really hurt him because, you know, he not only does he get beat up, but he beats himself up week in, week out anyway. Well, that's so what I'm saying. Like, is there anybody on the roster that you would like to see them put over in the Battle Royal? So clearly that's an elevation in itself as a character. Right. Just the, the honor of getting your ass beat by John Moxley <laughs> at this point inside of the AEW lexicon elevates you up the roster. Like, I'm For looking sure. at somebody like uh, all-ego Ethan Page. That would like, be great, too. Um, to, I'll be a, cool with that. Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, like somebody kind of in that tier of the AEW roster that they get the big win inside of the Battle Royal. They go out there, they go 15 minutes with Moxley. Moxley gets the win, but it's still elevating whoever it is up the roster. If they go 15 minutes with Moxley, then fine, because that's what they will do more than likely, let's be honest. I, I mean, mean, that shit. seems like AEW booking. Come on, dude. It doesn't matter if the guy is two foot two, right, against the six foot five guy. Marco Stunt is going to win the Battle Royal. <laughs> oh, no. That'd be awesome, actually, at this point. So I can just be like, fuck this shit. But that's not going to happen because he's gone from AEW. But, look, yeah, look, if it's going to be someone like a powerhouse Hobbs, right, which I'll be down for, you got to have him look extremely strong against a Moxley dude. Would you put Keith Lee in that? category of talent or 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 does keith lee getting destroyed by moxley put him right back where he is it kind of does dude because it just shows that he's not limitless that he is like the second tier he's he's the top of that even with you know i already went through a battle royal i already beat up all these guys i'm a little beat up myself and yeah i lost to moxley like can you tell that story with keith lee or is he just he's too big of a star to have in that spot isn't he if i agree like if you're going to bill him as one of the biggest stars in your company you cannot have him do that right but that's where swerve comes into play see i think Right. See, I'm a huge fan of Swerves, right? That would, that, about Swerve it. is one of those guys I would look at in that Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs Absolutely. kind of category. You bet. Absolutely. Plus, him losing to a Moxley won't be looked at as so bad compared to a Keith Lee losing to a Moxley or even a Hobbs for that matter at this point, right? I mean, even and, Ricky Starks is, is not bad pick too. You, you brought up Darby. I kind of feel like that would do the same thing to Darby as it would Keith Lee. Like Darby feels like he's already kind of in that mix and that loss to Moxley would put him right back to the top of the second tier. You're right. And there's the problem because if you've paid notice to uh, Darby Allen's last three, four matches, he's lost every single one of them. Well, Darby Allen though is, I mean, if there's a guy inside that company that's Teflon, at this point, You're it's right. Darby Allen. Like, Darby Allen can lose every match that he has, go out there and get one win, and all of a sudden people are like, yeah, Darby! Like, I don't get the Darby Allen thing, but people are into the kid. Like, I and, and let me rephrase. I like Darby Allen as a talent. Like, I, I think he is absolutely a mainstay inside of AEW for years and years to come, as long as he doesn't freaking kill himself. But... Yeah. I do not view him inside of that AEW World Heavyweight Championship picture in any way, shape, or form. I uh, yeah, I agree with you, and uh, and I'm a fan of his too. I really am. I actually don't mind Darby Allen. I really don't. But that's why I initially went with that pick to start with, because like you said, he's Teflon, dude. He can just take another loss 
and it won't really seem to matter, especially with the fans. How about Pack? Uh, he he's already. I'll be honest with you, Jago. Right now, he's on the verge of being a nobody. Right? If if they use Puck in this but scenario, but a win, just one win. But then he loses, and then what? And yeah, and then he loses to Moxley. And I, I, I'm kind of in that same category with like a, a Penta, a Ray Phoenix, another one who's on the great on the grapevine of, of falling off right now, dude. Yeah, both those guys. It's unfortunate too, and I'm I'm not really sure how to rehabilitate them, other than putting them against each other. And that's why I don't understand these type of matchups. It's almost like a panic fucking booking right now, where they could have. They've still got what two weeks, two and a half weeks till um forbidden yeah. door. Yeah. I mean, they could have just relaxed for a moment and think this shit out properly, but instead they rushed it and announced this shit. What the next day? Not even. Not even. It was that show. It was the all right. of the same show, wasn't it? Right. I think it was. So if I were them, I would have just relaxed for a week and just think about it a little more. But instead, we get this fucking mix-up, and which is annoying because, like you said before, Wardlow was the number one contender. TK did come out and explain himself, I think, on Busted Open Radio. Oh, interesting. Enough, right? And his reasoning, right? And don't, don't quote me word for word because... I can't remember what he said word for word. But basically, he's saying, well, it's only because of the type of wins that Moxie has had. Yes, because that win over Daniel Garcia, much bigger, much bigger. Than MJF at, at double or nothing, right? Well, my problem is Wardlow should have never been in that spot to begin with. Right. Because Wardlow, technically, if you follow the storyline, hasn't even had a match yet. Hmm. Well, no, I take it back. He had his oh, first match. On Dynamite. He had his first match on Dynamite last Wednesday. That's the only match he has had, quote unquote, under AEW contract, right? <laughs> yeah, right? So how in the hell was he even, you know, in the top five? He's won a match against what, JD Drake? Yeah, and a bunch of other jobbers five weeks previous. Yeah, but those weren't AEW matches because he wasn't oh, yeah, an so, AEW contracted right. wrestler. So none You're of those right. wins count. My bad. And now, you know, that's interesting that you bring that up. Has he ever had some sort of title match during his three years in um, AEW? I don't think so. Not a TNT championship match? I none don't, of that? I don't think so. i got to look up that shit because if he has, it defeats the whole purpose. Well, I mean, wasn't the whole thing he won that, didn't he win uh, like a face of the revolution ladder match so that he got to challenge oh. for a TNT championship? And then MJF was like, no, you got to give me that shot because you work for me. And then that's when the whole oh, no, MJF Wardlow You're thing right. really blew up, right? He but, did I mean, end up he, having the match. He did have that match. And he got screwed by MJF and all that. Now you're okay. right. Okay. There you go. So, but he should have never had that match because he wasn't an AEW contracted wrestler, so technically inside of the AEW narrative. There you go, dude. <laughs> Again, Booker of the Year shit, apparently, right? I mean, yeah. that's just stupid to me, man. If you're going to do that shit, don't have him do no total fucking match. I don't care. Yeah. Just, if you're going to plan that far ahead, if that was the goal all along, I assume. It kind of would have been because he was with MJF from day dot. Why have him have a TNT Championship match? Yeah. So dumb. Yeah, he should have never been inside of that never. position. Never. Is there even a 1% chance Hiroki Goto beats Hiroshi Tanahashi? Oh, fuck. Now, 
no chance. Ho- hell no. If that happens, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be as excited for the Forbidden Door, bro. I mean, are you excited for Forbidden Door as it is? Yes and no. I am only because of the possible matchups that still haven't been announced just yet. You know, well, for, what for I have paper. heard was it was going to be two singles matches on this show. It was going to be CM Punk versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, and it was going to be Hangman Page versus Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, uh, which I did not understand in any way, shape, or form. You ask about Hangman, where is Hangman? To me, this is the biggest ball drop inside of AEW right now. Hangman Page should have, if he didn't open Dynamite the night after the pay-per-view, he should have at least had a vignette at some point during that episode of Dynamite, you know, because as much as you want to celebrate the the thrill of winning for CM Punk, we need to also, quote-unquote, celebrate the agony of defeat for Hangman Adam Page. Like, I want to see this struggle inside of Hangman where he, he's sitting at the bar and he's drinking his beer all by himself and he's just muttering to himself, I should have hit him with a belt. I should have just smacked him in the head with that belt. And, and you know, so he's kind of going back and forth. Should I drink? Should I not drink? Should I have smacked him with the belt? Should I have not smacked him with the belt? Like there's a whole storyline you could be telling with Hangman Adam Page here. And instead, we get silence. And to me, that's the biggest ball drop inside of AEW right now is where is Hangman Adam Page? And what's the bet we get him in the freaking Battle Royal? Uh, Again, if the plan is for him to take on Okada, then I wouldn't do it. Um, Because if you put him inside of the Battle Royal, I feel like you have to put him over. Then he loses to Moxley, who goes on to face Tanahashi. And then what? As a consolation prize, he gets to challenge Kazuchika Okada, the greatest wrestler walking God's green earth today. That's the consolation prize. You get to challenge for, you know, the IWGP Divas Championship and take (laughs) on the Rainmaker. No, absolutely not. Uh, There's no way I would do that. I would have I, I would have built this for weeks. With Hangman, like, you know, just sitting at the bar. I should have smacked him with the belt. I should have smacked him with the belt. And then finally, after about three weeks, Tony Khan comes walking into the bar and says, Hangman, you made the right choice. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you Kazuchika Okada at Forbidden Door to go out and, you know, you can reclaim your confidence. You can go out. You can claim the New Japan World Championship. You can do all these things. Just put the beer down. Like, you you could have told that story with Hangman. Instead, we're going to somehow get to Hangman versus Kazushka Okada. It'll probably just be announced randomly. Maybe it'll be announced at Dominion. Um, I... We've seen this match. We, we've seen Hangman Page lose to Kazuchika Okada multiple times inside of the G1 Climax. The difference is this is supposed to be a different Hangman Adam Page. You now, have former, really? you now have former world champion Hangman Adam Page. He's still a young boy to Kazuchika Okada, and nothing that Hangman did with that title other than cut a couple really good promos says otherwise. And it was too little too late, mind you, with those late promos. But yeah, yeah as far as Hangman and Okada goes, I, I don't even know if I want to be, if I, if I even want to see that match right now. Like you said, we've seen it before already, multiple occasions. I don't know if I want that. I'd rather see a Kazuchika Okada versus, say, who can we go? 
Daniel, I mean, Brian Danielson, right? Wouldn't that make the most sense? I mean, I would absolutely. Let me uh, let me see. Do we have current updated AEW power rankings? Let me see. Isn't isn't it crazy that they haven't even built to this pay per view, mind you? And we're only like two and a half weeks out. Well, I guess and no, because I feel like the real story here is New Japan versus AEW, and they're right, counting and on sold that. Out. That they're counting on that to sell it, like they don't need a whole lot of creative because the creative is AEW versus New Japan. Uh, your your options, John Moxley, your current number one contender, I assume, faces Hiroshi Tanahashi. So then we have Wardlow, Hangman, Adam Page, Adam Cole, and Jay Lethal round out the current top five. I guess of those choices. Hangman Adam Page is the one that I want to see because there's no way I would put Adam Cole in the ring with Kazuchika Okada right now. What about Master versus Teacher, Samoa Joe versus Kazuchika Okada? I mean, that would be brilliant. I would love I, to see that. I'd be that. down for that. I would definitely be down with that, but I guess Joe's nowhere near the rankings, right? Uh, nobody is the current Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion and New Japan. TV, TV always... Champion. Oh, it's the T. Who's the World Champion then? Uh, Grisham. Oh, yeah, Jonathan Gresham. Another guy there's no way I would put in the ring with Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> Okada would be like two foot taller than John Gresham. <laughs> Please, no. Hey, look, he's, he's he's hitting the juice, though, man. He's fucking huge right now. Oh, he's Jonathan wide. Gresham. He's wide, bro. But, yeah. yeah, fuck that. I don't want to see that match either. You, you know, the, the match I would really like to see, and there's no way they're going to do it. I'd like to see What's Scorpio that? Sky versus Kazuchika Okada. It, I'll, hey, that'd be great, but it won't happen. It's not going to happen, but I would love <laughs> to see that match. There's no chance in hell that's going to happen, Jaga. Unfortunately, bro. Is there any chance they do Adam Cole versus Kazuchika Okada? I mean, I and then you have a baby face versus the heel, you know, yeah. Adam Cole running his mouth. But haven't we seen interactions with these two also have in the we? past? Maybe not, actually. I can't think of a time where they because actually have interacted. Cole, while he has had some runs inside of New Japan, it was always as the Ring of Honor contingent of Bullet That's Club. That's true. And, and it was, was normally like... And it, but he was also like normally like six-man tags. Yeah, he was yeah, wrestling true. more undercard guys like except, Hiroki Goto. Except for the random match with Cody on one of the Wrestle Kingdoms, I think in 2015, 16, right. something like that. But I, I don't remember Okada and Adam Cole ever crossing paths in anything outside of maybe a six-man chaos versus Bullet Club. You're probably right, man, because from the top of my head, I actually can't think of a time where they actually have faced off in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Is that even a... Like, even on paper, that just doesn't seem like a good matchup to me. Nah. No, nah, you can't. Stylistically, <laughs> styles make fights, and the, they wrestle very, very similar styles. It's just yeah. Okada's a lot bigger. Yeah, nah, I don't want to see that matchup anyway. But it look, even though matches styles make matches, it will still be a decent matchup, though, Jago. Oh, it would be a decent match. I, both of those guys are fantastic workers. I'm sure it would be very, Absolutely. very good. Absolutely. Uh, let, let's take a look at Dominion, uh, which is where this Tanahashi versus Goto thing is going down. This is going down next Sunday. Dominion, typically one of the bigger shows for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, hopefully they do something because this card is rather underwhelming to me. Uh, your opening match, you have Hiroshi Tenzan, former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, even though that was 20 years ago. Master Wado, who is the Harry Potter of New Japan, and Ryusuke 
Taguchi. That's right. Finn Balor's former tag team partner who has become a complete joke to taking on the team of Aaron Hanare, Francisco Akira, and TJP, the United Empire. Uh, the Empire gets the win here, right? Like, this is a no-brainer. Absolutely. Hands down, dude. The Empire definitely gets the win. Your next matchup, a bit more interesting to me, as you have Los Ingobernables de Japón. That's another 50 bucks, Cody, you piece of shit. <laughs> Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito, and Bushi taking on the Bullet Club team of Taisha Ishimori, El Fantasmo, and their latest recruit, the Bullet Club always has an ace up their sleeve, and Ace Austin. Um, what do you think of Ace Austin joining Bullet Club and... Who wins this matchup? Because I'm really torn on this one. Bullet Club will win this matchup. And I'm not a fan of Ace Austin, first of all, let alone him joining the Bullet Club. I just don't feel it, bro. I'm not an Ace Austin fan, per se, but I kind of like the personality inside a Bullet yeah, Club. Yeah, but we've already got that with Fantasmo, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's a valid point because you know they, they do very much fill the same kind of they do, bro. role. The thing I like, I like the ace up your sleeve thing with that's Bullet cool. Club uh, because it very much reminds me of the cleaner. Right when it they does. brought That's when true. they brought the cleaner in, it was as a junior, and he was there to clean up the junior division, and then it became like this whole mafia thing. I not that I'm saying like Ace Austin is going to be IWGP World Heavyweight Champion in three years, but <laughs> it, it feels like it, it could very much be that same kind of character, and I think Ace Austin could make that work. I can see. I know where you where you're coming from, and uh, look, all right. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt right now. And I'm talking about New Japan. If they make Ace Austin a thing where I'm actually become a big fan of his, because if he, if he can pull it off, hey man, I'd love to see that. If he can pull it off. That's a big if though. It'll also be difficult as a gaijin to take to really have that take off. But it oh, would fuck be cool. Yeah, dude. It, it would, would be, be awesome. They need someone that can probably carry him right now. And I'm talking about a gaijin. And yeah, sure, Jay White can do that, but I don't think he's the guy. And you need it, that though. one waiting in the wings in case Jay right. would leave at some point, which, well, I mean... Well, Jay White, hey, make no mistake about it. He's got the charisma, dude. But you need that real flashy charisma to sort of, uh, yeah. you know, like, it, like an Ace Austin is capable of that. Like a Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? Someone that can really get the attention of, of the fan base in a real smug bit like an Ace Austin-ish sort of way. I can picture it. I can so picture it, dude. He'd be a great heel... To because, kick off like, a new Bullet Club, though. It's very much the same thing with Phantasmo, but Phantasmo is, is, is just so over the top and grandiose like it, that it's almost right. comedic to yeah, the Japanese audience. You know what I mean? Whereas Ace Austin, I think it played a bit more straight. Look, he's got the potential to pull it off. Really, I'm not sure. We'll see. It's a, it's a wait and see sort of thing with Ace Austin right now. But I can see where you're coming from there, Jago, and I can actually picture it. But whether he can do it, time will tell. The the thing that does give me a little bit of pause is as I look at this Los Ingobernables team, Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito, two of the biggest stars inside of the company. Oh, yeah, but Bushi is in this match. And if we know anything about Bushi, it's that Bushi likes looking at the lights at the end of the match, right? <laughs> like, that's why Bushi is in LIJ, because there's nobody else in LIJ that could eat this pinfall. Ace Austin pins Bushi in this match? Question mark? 
Yeah, man, it, for sure. I mean, and that's a shame too because I'm a fan of Bucci's. I love his style, dude. I love his look. I think he looks badass, but yeah, he's the LIJ, let's eat the pin guy. I mean, that's or, who he or is. do you do something weird? I mean, Hiromu is in this match. Hiromu, the winner of Best of Super Juniors, which we'll talk about here again. in just a couple minutes again. But you do have three juniors in this match. Like Ishimori could pin Hiromu, get a title shot. Ace Austin could pin Hiromu, get a title shot. Or Phantasmo could pin Hiromu and get a title shot. Are we sure Bushi eats this pin? Well, there you go. There's a good possibility. And I would prefer Phantasmo get that shot. So, yeah, I mean, that's an also a chance. Although, could there be a chance, actually, Jago, that somehow we get a Naito and Hiromu match somehow come out of this? I mean, I want to go back to that. I want to see that happen, Yeah, man. I want that match. I, I really want that. Want that. And you can build for Wrestle Kingdom if you have to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that would be awesome if they go that way. And it doesn't have to be a heel versus face. It can just be, you know, student versus master. I love the dynamics of these two. It's big brother I mean, versus little brother. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to see that, and I want us to go straight back to the races with them two. A matchup I am not looking forward to. Doc Gallows coming over, of course, because Carl's got a match a little bit later on. Doc Gallows going to take on Toru Yano. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I guess Gallows goes over here, bro. I mean, no way. I'm going yeah, with Yano so. in this one. I go with Yano really? over strong. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. You're Punch to right. the dick. Roll Gallows. him up. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> oh, fuck. I mean, that's it's Yano. That's what he does. Uh, real missed opportunity for, you know, Forbidden Door. We either have to have Cole Kamiana and Toru Yano team together, or we have oh. to have them against each other. If we put them against each other, I want a triple threat with Dan Housen. Dan Housen <laughs> versus Colt Cabana versus Toruyano. Could Dan Housen be selling his DVDs, bro? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. That needs to happen. You oh, bet. boy. Not only is DVDs so passe now, but we're going to get three DVD salesmen possibly on one show. You know, there's there's one thing that I, I absolutely hate inside of the world of pro wrestling right now, and it's this rumor that we have aew trios championships on the way it's um, happening and and i have said i am against this because the only place that trios titles have ever worked is in mexico they didn't work in ring of honor and they do not work in new japan pro wrestling your trios champions currently is bullet club the team of show evil and yujiro takahashi um i mean I, I, I hate these freaking belts. The never open weight six man <laughs> titles. I absolutely hate them. They are taking on the Suzuki Goon contingent of Yoshinobu Kanemaru, the heel master, Zack Saber Jr., as well as El Desperado. An interesting uh, trios here for Suzuki Goon. I guess Bullet Club gets the win. I don't not necessarily. I think um, Suzuki Goon get the win here, dude. I mean, Despy deserves a win. Despy I think he will get win. the win. That'll get the win. Suzuki Gun for the win for sure. Also, don't currently like the IWGP Tag Team Championship match. Your <laughs> current champions making their first defense. Bad luck, Fale and Chase Owens. We, we kicked God out of the Bullet Club. One of the best tag teams walking the face of this God-given earth. So dumb. Right. So we could put together Bad Luck, Fale and Chase Owens. Really. Uh. That was always a thing, though, Jago, over the years. 
Yeah, but they were a jobber tag team. That's what they were inside a world. They they would only work together during World Tag League, and <laughs> yeah. and and they only would get like four points. Yeah, I don't know what New Japan seeing Chase Owens, and at this point with Bad Luck Fale, he was he was great he was when he first monster. came into the company. He was awesome when he first came into the company with Finn Balor around. Still, he w- looked like a million bucks, dude. Right. Then he put on a lot of fucking weight. Then he lost all the weight. And now he's put on all the fucking weight in quick time. And man, if I were him, I would lose a few kgs and just fucking get back into shape, man. Because he's got so much potential. As far as Chase Owens goes, throw him in the rubbish, man. He's he's absolutely just useless. But they see something in him. Taking on the United Empire team of Jeff Cobb and the great Okan. Um, I, I'm going with United Empire to win this thing. Me too. Um, just because we saw them come out on Dynamite, right? So Absolutely. I'm thinking they win. They become IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Your current AEW champions, Jurassic Express, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, FTR. Triple Threat at Forbidden Door, anybody? I can see that. Does that mean all the marbles are on the line? I mean, that's what I would do, right? Like, let's unify the tag team champions. Let's say this is the best tag team in the world, and FTR suddenly is walking around with six belts. Jesus Christ, I can see that, man. I mean... I can see that. I can see that. That's what I would do. Yeah, I I mean, why not? Fuck it. But it'll be a Mark Tart's dream if FTR does (laughs) end up pulling that off, which they probably will. Your next matchup is the AEW Interim Championship Eliminator with Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Hiroki Goto. We've talked quite a bit about that. Your KOPW 2022 match. I would be looking forward to this match if the KOPW was not attached to it whatsoever. Why is it? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And the stipulation, because it's KOPW, every match has a stipulation. The stipulation here is no time limit. Um, as Tai Chi okay. takes on Shingo Takagi, uh, I'm down for this. Like I, Tai Chi, is anybody grown more since the pandemic started than Tai Chi? I like Tai Chi. No, you're right. He probably has grown more than anybody. Heck, even just before the pandemic hit, he was growing yeah. extremely quick, man. And I actually stunned to like him. Fucking, I, I like Tai Chi, man. I'm a fan of his, and I think Tai Chi will get the win. I only like Tai Chi when Miho Abe is with him. She adds, like, it is the Miz and Maurice, how much she adds to that act. But they're not a thing in real life, are they? I don't believe so, no. Okay. No, she's, yeah. she just worships him, which is <laughs> kind cool. of weird. I worship Shingo Takagi. He is my pro wrestling god. Uh, Shingo is just on a completely other level. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going with Shingo for the win here because I never pick against Shingo Takagi. I gotta go, Tai Chi, man. Interesting, interesting. Your never open weight championship match. This one should be violent, and I'm looking forward to it. As your 36th champion making his first defense, the good bad guy Tama Tonga, your current never open weight champion, takes on the returning Machine Gun Carl Anderson. People forget how big of a deal Machine Gun Carl Anderson was in New Japan Pro Wrestling before they put him together before the good brothers were a thing before dot got over there and machine gun was a single star. He is a former IWGP 
Intercontinental Champion, the most beautiful belt in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, and he did challenge for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship multiple times. I have a really hard time picking this one. I want to go with Tomatonga for the feel-good story involved here, but I would not pick against Machine Gun. He was a big deal in Japan, a much bigger deal as a single star in New Japan than he's ever been anywhere else in the world. Not only a big deal in New Japan, but he was jacked too during that time, dude. He was yeah. huge. I think he was he's in better boy. shape now, but he was more jacked then. He was big. And you know what, man? I would love to see a Carl Anson fucking singles push and a proper one. Because when you put him away from Luke Gallows, you can take him a lot more serious. Don't get me wrong, though. Them two are great together. They just work great together, right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, they're perfect for each other. But I still want to see Carl Anson go on that old school sort of singles run. And who knows where you can go with him. You know what I mean? But like you said, it's hard to bet against him. But Tamatanga needs that win, bro. Tama does need that win. He needs a so big I win. I yeah. think... Oh. I'm no, torn. See, I'm torn too. All right, look, I'll go Carl Anson only because of some sort of Bullet Club shenanigans. I'm hopeful that Machine Gun pulls the Cody Rhodes, that he, he wins the Never Open Weight Championship. He takes a look at this belt and he says, this is a pile of shit. <laughs> what, I, this belt sucks. Bring me the Intercontinental Championship. We're getting rid of this bullshit and we're bringing back the White Strap IC title. Oh, man, that'd be great. I agree. Hopefully, but I doubt it. I mean, that belt was synonymous with the machine gun. If anybody's going to do it, it would make sense for machine gun to do it. Absolutely. Your IWGP United States Championship is also on the line. Your challengers, the former champion, Sonata, because, you know, when a champion gets hurt in New Japan, they just take the belt off of him and let somebody else win it. And then when they come back from injury, they get to challenge for it. Crazy how that works, huh? Um, your other challenger, another English-speaking man, not from the United States, Will Ospreay, is going to be challenging. And then your current champion, your 15th already, 15 champions for the U.S. title, and Juice Robinson. I Juice Robinson's in the fucking Bullet Club, bro. He is, and he, he what? ain't a woman. I know, it's crazy. But you know what? He's all right. He, he suits it, man. He actually does suit it because... But again, you bring up El Fantasma and you bring up Ace Austin. Juice Robinson's another one that's kind of like them. Yeah, but inside of the pecking order, I already put Ace Austin over Juice Robinson. I'm like, I just... It's Juice Robinson. I know. You know it's you're CJ right, Parker. <laughs> yeah, even more crazy, right? The Fuck only that. good thing that Juice Robinson has ever done is Tony Storm. <laughs> that he's ever done that's perfectly put <laughs> that's great yeah it's true and it's a and he's one lucky motherfucker for that yes, matter he too. Is. but um yeah man does juice robinson go over again here i kind of want osprey to go over so I do why so do why i'm gonna go with osprey i'm certainly not going with captain crunch that's for sure hell no Making his fifth defense, your current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Kazuchika Okada, takes on the challenger of challengers, the man who single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden and then single-handedly sold out the United Center in Chicago, takes on Kazuchika Okada. And, and this is one of those, like, Okada wins this, right? Oh, right? I think so. Like, wow. Okada wins this, right? 
Like you think, you think, but I would love to see Jay get the win though, dude. Well, it's Jay White. I mean, as much as you never want to bet against some of these guys, like Shingo Takagi, I never want to bet against Shingo Takagi. Jay White, if anybody is going to throw a wrench into all of the plans and all of the companies, <laughs> even great. WWE, Jay White throws a wrench in there because, you know, he's Jay White, and that's basically what he does. We should change him from the switchblade to the wrench thrower. He just <laughs> he, he throws a wrench into everything going on inside of the world of pro wrestling. He is the disruptor of worlds. Um I don't know, man. I, don't know. This, I wouldn't be surprised if Jay White gets the win. fifth defense already. Yeah, you know what, man? Fuck it. I'm going Jay White. I want Jay White to throw a wrench, like you said, at the Forbidden Door because that really <laughs> fucking throws everything up in smoke. And I would, you know what? It brings a little excitement, man. Fuck it. Why not get Jay White being the guy for New Japan? You know, come Forbidden Door. Heck, he sold out the United Center twice now, right? I mean,. I mean, come on. He's box office. Box office Jay White. You know? Absolutely. Madison Square Garden, the first one. United Center, the second. Yeah. It writes itself, dude. All by himself. All by himself. I mean, Punk didn't have nothing to do with Too this sweet. one. Too sweet. Too sweet, indeed. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let's shift to WWE a little bit. Let's talk about this Edge thing. Um, so, we turned to Edge heel. Right. Nobody wanted to turn Edge heel. Then we no. made Edge the leader of a heel faction. We did. We gave him Damian Priest, who should be an absolute <laughs> monster. We gave him Rhea Ripley, should be an absolute monster. But, of course, it's WWE booking where everything goes 50-50. And now we have had Edge get thrown out of the band that he started <laughs> by Finn Big Balor. Too. Which by, is, makes no sense. And I, I don't. I don't understand the logic as to why. That's the thing I don't get. Like, I'm I'm cool with it. I know Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor have great chemistry. We, we've seen them work house shows and whatnot together. I know that Finn Balor and Damian Priest have great chemistry. Uh, I, they did a bunch of stuff together. At one time, I thought they were going to kind of do like a Bullet Club thing, and it was going to be... Damian Priest basically playing the role of Bad Luck Fale, and it just never made it to television. So, I mean, I'm cool with this, but I don't understand why. Well, that makes two of us because I have no fucking clue, Jago, why this even happened. What was the point of this happening? If, why Cody, Edge- if Cody doesn't get injured, do they do this? Is this That's a direct question. result of the Cody thing? Because we need a lead baby face on Monday Night Raw, and the only guy we got is Edge. But That's we turned him question. heel like a bunch of fucking morons. We turned him heel. Maybe it is. Maybe it is a direct cause for what happened with uh, with um, Cody Rhodes, but... Damn it, man. Did they really have to panic like that if that's the case? I don't think that's, so. Lashley could have taken that spot, which you, apparently Finn could have be. taken that spot. You could have just taken, moved him AJ, to a dude. Of, right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. That's a good question. I think they were going to do this, dude, regardless of Cody, because it just seems like that's apparently what's happening. But it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why. What was the point of starting? See, to me, this Judgment Day thing already is for the tip. Like already, they've just killed it. They've killed it by doing this to Edge and now Finn's the leader. Why? What well, was really, the story behind all this in the first place? All four of these 
performers have been damaged in this thing, right? Big like, time, because Finn can't give that rub that Edge could on well, talent like that. Edge turns heel, doesn't make any kind of sense. At all. Damien Priest, they, they did the babyface rock star thing for a while, and then they did the Jekyll and Hyde thing for a while, and then they put him with Edge, turned him heel, kind of inexplicably, when he could have been an ass-kicking babyface. You have the whole Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan thing, that all goes down, and people <laughs> really, really enjoyed the two of them together, and you know, it's not like we have a whole lot of women's tag teams sitting around so let's go ahead and break them up we'll turn Rhea heel even though people want to cheer and now we have Finn Balor who people really really like and people want to cheer he's got the flashy move set and we're going to turn him heel too like I I I just it seems like their solution is oh you're getting over we're going to (laughs) turn you heel and put you all in 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 a faction together It, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me I want to know who in the back actually sat there and goes I've got a great idea. Let's let's turn Edge heel. Kick him out of the fucking group. And here we are. We'll make little fucking Vanilla Midget himself, Finn Balor. And I'm I'm a fan of Finn's. But we went from Edge to Finn. Finn has been getting destroyed week in, week out on WWE television, right? And now Edge. I mean, it just... I don't know, Jago. I don't get it. I will never understand WWE's way of booking sometimes. But hopefully there's some sort of Big payoff here, but I just don't see it. Edge versus Finn Balor, SummerSlam. Like, does that feel I don't give like? A fuck. I was going to say that doesn't feel like a big match to me. I couldn't care less. And where's AJ in all of this? How does he feel after that's what the, happened? That's the most intriguing part, right? Is where <laughs> is AJ Styles? Where does AJ Styles stand? Especially considering this Edge heel turn started with AJ Styles, right? So are we leading towards like a countless amount of tag team matches between Edge and AJ Styles versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest? Because oh, please. I don't need that in my life. Oh, God, no, man. No, I don't need those two white meat baby faces always pouncing to the crowd and all that shit. I love both Edge and AJ. I don't need to see that bullshit. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't need that bullshit in my life. I just... It doesn't even seem remotely appealing to me. Anything going else else inside of the WWE going on? Like, I, I feel like I take WWE for granted, but it's you have five hours of television every week, and then you do five hour long pay per views, and there's nothing to talk about. Bro, there's like I'm glad you brought that up because funny, I just did a raw review right before we did the blow off. Right, guess how long the show went for? Twenty minutes. <laughs> close 45 <laughs> minutes dude 45 minutes that's a whole three hours raw right but every time we do AEW and usually pay-per-views it's at least an hour and a half to two hours minimum right but that's how much it really isn't to talk about when it comes to WWE because they do this shit all the time we're just going to end up repeating ourselves week in week out there's really not much to talk about when it comes to WWE other than the same shit that we've always got a gripe we've done a B for. And the, my biggest gripe is you have five hours of TV and there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. That's my biggest gripe. You don't do anything with five hours worth of TV. It's crazy, bro, but it's true, man. It, it's weird, man, but it is what it is. And I don't, it, it sucks too, because I want to be able to talk about WWE, but really it's, like, there's just not much to say about it because it's the same old shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's crazy. 
And as we talk about the same old shit, let's let's wrap up things this week with Hiromu Takahashi. Um, Hiromu wins his third best of super juniors in a row. That is his fourth in five years. Um, and I love Hiromu. Hiromu is is one of my personal favorite professional wrestlers walking the planet today. But he has become so much bigger than this junior division inside of New Japan. The greatest love story in all of pro wrestling right now is Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. And even this match, I mean, it was like, you know, 35 minutes of absolutely insane action. But it's Hiromu over strong again at the end of this thing. Whether he has the junior title or whether he is chasing the junior title, the entire division revolves around Hiromu. I kind of feel like this is becoming a real problem, Jimmy. <laughs> it's been a problem for months now too, Jago, let's be honest. And and I'm worried about this situation with Hiromu Takahashi because I've said this even months ago, and I think it was with you. Is it time we go heavyweight with him? I know he doesn't look like a heavyweight. But God damn it, hit the weights now or something, Hiromu. I mean, because he's done everything there is in the junior division of New Japan, man. He's done. Like, there's not much. That's why I want to see him go for that match with Naito. Because, come on, man. He's, it's almost like with Kushida at the time, why he wanted to leave New Japan, even though he's going to come back, and go to WWE. Is it time maybe Hiromu spends some more time in AEW for well, six I months? Funny enough, you actually brought up my segue because my segue was going to be Kushida. Um, right. Well, I, 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 at what point does Kushida show up and just be like, "Time's <laughs> up, I'm back." <laughs> you know, maybe like, now, maybe it's this matchup for you know, maybe that's where you segue. You go with the Kushida, you run with Takahashi feud. So if you do a Kushida versus Romu feud. I do feel like now would be a good time for Kushida to get that win. Kushida kind of reclaims himself as the face of that junior division. Is that a good time for Hiromu to take six months and come do some AEW stuff? Maybe, you know, take some time off and heal up a little bit because that dude is beat. Not an easy beat, but it's a perfect situation for both of them, dude. Think about it. You, You move on to Kushida, like you said, to take that reins as the number one guy for the junior heavyweight division. And then you move over Takahashi for six months in AEW, where not only does it does it become a, a lot more fresher for himself, but also for AEW. And then once he's done over there, you bring him back to New Japan and he will feel new once again. I mean, it works out, right? I mean, that's the best scenario, in it's, my opinion. Especially if you want to elevate Hiromu, if you want to turn Hiromu into a heavyweight, I think I would send him to AEW for a year. Because he can go in there, he can wrestle guys like Danielson, like Moxley, Kenny when he comes back. And even though he's smaller, inside of the world of AEW, he's not. Like no, he not. matches up pretty well with a lot of those guys. And if if he even gets in there and rubs shoulders with guys like Moxley, Punk, Kenny once Kenny comes awesome. back. Fuck but yeah. you elevate him to more of a main event level. Absolutely. So and that when you bring there. him back, right. people won't view him as a damn junior. Absolutely. You're spot on. You hit the nail on the head. And that's what would happen. The perception would be that he's a main event star in AEW. Thus, once he goes back to New Japan, that same perception should actually follow him there. 
So yeah, it works, dude. That's the best scenario for him. And imagine the matchups, dude, in AEW. I mean, I could, but the only thing I'm worried about, keep him away from Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy. Oh my god! <laughs> Only because you know it's gonna influence. They're all gonna influence each other, and we're gonna get an absolute crash fest of a match. And to be honest, they're all banged up, man. I don't want to see any guy get hurt again. For anybody that is listening to us, not familiar with Romu Takahashi, um, Romu Takahashi is tables, ladders, and chairs. Edge <laughs> and Christian versus the Dudleys versus the Hardys. TLC one and two, except every match. <laughs> All the time. I, Hiromu is batshit insane. And that is not only a gimmick, that is also a shoot. Hiromu is batshit insane. Like that dude, <laughs> he, I, if he is not batshit insane, there are two guys living the kayfabe gimmick still. And it's MJF <laughs> and Hiromu Takahashi. It's just MJF's gimmick is he's a douchebag. And Hiromu's right. gimmick is he's fucking insane. The guy is completely crazy. Because he is insane, bro. He is crazy. He is but insane. But that's the appeal to him. That's why you love him. That's why I love him, man. You know, he's just, he's different. But just keep him he away from Darby different. Allen and Jeff Hardy, please. Just to My help him God. out. Now you I don't hit, want to see him break another neck. I'm going to be having nightmares about <laughs> Darby Allen versus, oh my God. Oh, what? You you said it. What, you don't want to see him break his neck again? Oh, I thought you were going to say they announced that match. No, I've been speculating. I've been thinking that probably Forbidden Door, you're going to have a Los Ingobernables versus somebody kind of match. You're going to finally get to see Roosh. You're going to finally get to see Andrade together because we haven't seen that in years at this point. But, you know, being a Mexican match, we got to have it be a trios match, and that's when Uh you bring in Dragon Lee, right? Right. So. You cannot have Dragon Lee and Hiromu Takahashi in oh, the same away. company. You <laughs> no. cannot do it. You can't do it. I talk about Peter versus the chicken yeah. all the time, right? Like, that is Dragon Lee and Hiromu Takahashi oh, over the course wow. of the last, what, 15 years? I mean, <laughs> yeah. going Keep all the way back to Kamatashi, right? Like, oh. you cannot do Dragon Lee and Hiromu Takahashi. Those two guys cannot be on the same continent at the same time. They're going to fight. <laughs> same continent <laughs> that's funny yeah keep them away from each other please I, we've already seen these two kill each other enough times already. literally literally <laughs> broke his neck yeah and i and i and i'll never forget that i watched that live man and that Me was too. that was crazy the fact that he continued is just nuts in my opinion man because that looked fucking bad dude well and one of the scariest things i think i've ever read was you know so after that match Hiromu gets backstage Hiromu collapses with a broken right. neck they rush him to a hospital in San Francisco because that match happened at the Cow Palace yep and Hiromu gets to the hospital and Hiromu doesn't speak any English so you are stuck on a different continent you know what? 14 17 hours from home you don't speak the language they're asking you can you feel this can you feel that does this hurt and Hiromu's like, I don't know. I don't even know what Fuck. you're saying to me right now. Crazy, like, I, just that entire situation, that entire scenario could have ended so badly. So scary badly. too, man. Really yes. scary. But lucky to him it worked out. But he doesn't give a fuck because he hasn't slowed down Jago. That's the problem. 
he has. He has okay, slowed right. down. Yes, People yes, don't. Yes, it doesn't yes, appear yes. like it because he still does a bunch of crazy, insane, stupid. No, you're shit. right. You're right. You're right. He has. He has. But he yeah, has. Slowed, like, when's the last time you saw him actually land a sunset bomb? Shit, it's been ages, dude. He teases it all the time. But he, I haven't seen him land it in a very long time. Like, he has slowed down just in ways that people don't realize that he has slowed down. Could could he be paranoid on doing it, though? Or do you think... I don't think paranoia even enters into Hiromu true. Takahashi's That's thoughts. True. I mean... That's true. Because some of the stuff he does still do, like that that running shotgun dropkick off the apron is scary. It's scary. And, and it's just a drop kick. That's all well, it that's is. Why, that's why I'm so worried to see Darby and Hiromi in in a same matchup because these two will influence each other, dude. They don't oh even have God. to speak English to each other to understand what these two are going to be doing to each other, bro. Yeah, uh, that that will absolutely be insane. I, but I would love to see it. And Me I would love too. to see I would, and I would love to see Kushida come back because it's time. It is time. And I believe he is coming back. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, he's absolutely on his way back. And if anybody wants to look it up, I think it was Dominion a few years ago. Where the it was last match? Uh was that was that the last match, his match against Romo? So. I think it was. And then he cried backstage. And it was a squash. Like, yeah. like, as Kushida was on his way to the ring, Hiromu hit him with a missile dropkick off the freaking turnbuckle, and the match was on, and it was over in, like, two and a half minutes, yeah. and everybody went, holy shit. What oh. the fuck just happened? You and it wasn't, it wasn't because he was just doing a job because he was on his way out. He put Hiromu over strong. He almost put Hiromu over too strong. Well, there's your storyline. I mean, it makes sense for them to segue right back into that, man. Man, I mean, and the the, the three matches that you want to see are Hiromu versus Kushida. You want to see Hiromu versus Desperado and Hiromu versus Osprey. I mean, the, those three, and even Hiromu and Dragon Lee. Like he has so many guys that he works so good with together. That he has frenemies everywhere. Like, I can't wait for him to start accusing Osprey of being a cat again. <laughs> that would be funny. That was hey, one man. of my, it was one of the best things ever. It was a great storyline. <laughs> yeah. Did you it know that fun. you are a cat? And <laughs> Osprey's like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Hiromu's like, yeah, you always land on your feet. You must be a cat. <laughs> I mean, just. <laughs> you stop meowing too. There'd be meow sounds coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Oscar's coming out with whiskers painted on his face and <laughs> yeah. shit to fuck with Hiromu. I mean, <laughs> hey, that was cool, man. I, I don't. When mind you have that. somebody who's crazy, you can do shit like that. Like, the, <laughs> I know, it, it sounds all made ludicrous. complete sense because it was Hiromu. <laughs> yeah. It sounds ludicrous, but it's not if you knew. How Hiromi Takahashi actually Yes, is. yes, you have the time traveler and you have the <laughs> dragon that has to be slayed and then you have my old best friend and but he doesn't live there anymore. And, and, and she, I mean, it's just... That's ludicrous. When you put it like that, it sounds like we're crazy, bro. I know. The, the best is during Best of Super Juniors when he's got the great big book and he's turning yeah. the pages. Like, crazy. Trust um, me, folks. It makes sense if you actually look into it. Speaking of, just something else that just occurred to me that we need for Forbidden Door. Uh, <laughs> we that? need Billy Gunn and the Ass Boys teaming with Ryusuke Takuji. Takuji <laughs> needs to be an Aww. unofficial Ass Boy. 
I can see that, bro. It works. That needs to happen. Fuck. It will and, work. And, he, and he'll have ass boy on his on his tights. Yes. And he'll probably wear underwear on his fucking head like Nakazawa does, possibly. Because it's Taguchi. Oh, man. What a shame uh, with Taguchi. I mean, this guy's a legend, bro. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Why is he just a joke now for how many years? Really? Since it, Finn man. turned on him. Since yeah, Bullet since Club then. was formed. That's and really him and like... Finn, we're awesome together, weird enough, right? But and now, now he just cosplays that he's Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does the guitar thing. It's fucking. I don't know, man. Uh, there's too many dudes cosplaying Nakamura, mind you, too. There's also the one in DDT. Well, and there's also that one in the WWE that even kind of looks like Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think his name's Shinsuke Nakamura. Shin- Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> looks just like Shinsuke Nakamura. It's crazy. It it does, it does, but I, I believe it's not him. No, it can't be him. It can't <laughs> be him. Definitely cannot be him. No I way, mean, surely. I mean, that guy's throwing some move. It's not even called the Bumaye. Yeah, no, it's called, uh, what's it called now again? The, um, the, the, the Kinshasa. Kinshasa, that's it. La Bumaye is so much better. And if people don't understand the meaning of that, it's from uh, Muhammad Ali. Yes, Ali versus the, Foreman, the Rumble in the Jungle. Absolutely, the Rumble in the Jungle, La Bumbaye. That was so much better when it was called that, dude. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, go watch the documentary When We Were Kings. Um, that's all about the Nakamura. It's all about the Nakamura versus Foreman fight. No, it's all <laughs> about the Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman fight and uh, the Ali Bumbaye. Um, which is yeah, where the that crowd comes from. It's, it's, it's Bumbaye. insane, and it's probably the greatest fight that I've ever seen. Um, I, I I I love that documentary. I love that fight. Um, if you're a boxing fan, highly highly recommend that documentary. Absolutely, I, funny. I was actually watching it not too long ago. So there you go. I watch it at least once a year. Uh, it's, that it's a great docker. That and uh, Sound City. Uh, that Dave Grohl performed. The, put together um about the uh, sound city music studio up in seattle my two favorite documentaries yeah, i haven't watched that yet actually. oh it's so fantastic too. fantastic uh there were so many great albums recorded at sound city oh um, for sure and, and they go through all of them and then uh at the end of it uh dave Grohl actually owns now the board that was in really? sound city and there's only like 20 of them in the world and dave Grohl owns one of them and records a whole new album with a bunch of different performers who recorded at sound city on the neve console it's absolutely fantastic documentary highly recommend that's awesome i want to check that out for sure man uh, Jimmy T, anything else that you want to discuss before we blow off on out of here? <laughs> yeah, um, I think that pretty much covers it, dude. I don't think there's any other news that needs breaking at this time right now. So, yeah, I think we covered everything. Is there anything we've missed, really, when you think about it? Not really, man. It's weird. With so much going on in the world of pro wrestling, there's really not that much to talk about at this point. Like, there's a bunch of stuff going on, but all the conclusions seem foregone, like the Tanahashi Goto thing, Moxley going on to the main event of Forbidden Door. Uh, I just hope that they do something cool with Forbidden Door rather than just having it be a throwaway show like Pro Wrestling Noah versus New Japan was. And I'm really getting the feeling that that's more I'm so hoping, what it's going to be. I'm hoping that's not the case, man, because surely, look, if we don't get any New Japan guys jumping like onto Dynamite tomorrow or tonight, shall I say, there's problems. I'm telling you, dude, I expect Kazuchika Okada even tonight, maybe next week. 
But tonight, we need to get some guys, and I'm not talking about Grado Khan or Jeff Cobb again. Right. You know what I I'm can't saying? believe they flew them over here just for that. Unbelievable. That's least- why I feel like it has to be a triple threat at Forbidden Door. If you're going to fly them halfway around the world just to come do a run-in, like you better be doing AEW titles versus New Japan titles versus Ring of Honor titles, and that's why I'm going with Khan and Okan to to claim those IWGP Tag Team Championships. But it feels like they're not. That's the problem, man. And maybe we're just getting all these fucking exhibition matches for nothing. And it was also weird to see the Great Okan run to the ring. <laughs> um, yeah, that was and, weird. And anybody who's ever seen the great Okan knows why because he typically crawls to the ring (laughs) it's like literally on his hands and knees crawls to the ring reaching through the camera oh spooky (laughs) stuff (laughs) Uh, just as as long as we don't get yano appearing tomorrow not yet please oh geez there goes my camera oh see you had to say his name (laughs) and then they go and they take him out they take him out because my phone died Uh, can you believe that shit well there you go well i guess that's a good time to wrap things up for this week's edition of the blow off thank you for watching and or listening if you haven't already please hit that subscribe button and then visit us over at channelattitude.com home of the homie media group just search homie media group on your favorite podcast listening device get the affiliate feed and then of course go over to channel attitude get the main feed feed with master shoot theater and of course all of the locker room shows with the ayatollah bin hameen as well as you know the wednesday locker room next level uh light the fuse all kinds of great stuff going on over there at channelattitude.com also check me out over at nodq.com as I'm, i've been doing a lot of streams over there with aaron riff virtue and the boys jimmy t tell people all about the pwc well they imagine what you look like while you <laughs> live in blackness well, it was the perfect segue to Scorpio Sky doing the click and then the lights going out. So Love there it. you have it. But please like and subscribe right here. Well, not right here, but right there at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com. Also, the blowoffpod.com where you can find this great show with not just me, but Jago as well. And also, I'm in mediagroup.podbean.com, pwhustle, channelattitude.com, you name it. We're everywhere. And I think that's about it. Except if you want to follow me, you can, like it says on the screen at DJ Mass Effects, and at the PwC Network. We will be back next week for a new edition of The Blow Off. We will be back on Saturday afternoon for a new edition of Rampage Uncaged. Of course, if you don't catch it live, you can catch that over at channelattitude.com. Myself, Jimmy T, and the man full of BS, I mean, the man (laughs) with no BS, Christopher Ams, we will be here to drop down a whole new review of All Elite Wrestling Rampage. We will talk to you next week for a new edition of The Blow Off. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Bye.